the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we begin at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the 22nd morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Appreciate you being here. We have a lot of things to talk about today, including the President of the United States continuing to be branded a racist for simply standing up for the United States. That is what I have discovered over the course of the last 72 hours since we last got together on Friday morning, all weekend long, on cable news programs, including Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace, who has suddenly become, not suddenly, it's been kind of evident for a bit, but who's pretty much Shepard Smith, anti-Republican, anti-conservative, anti-Donald Trump, and willing to do and say anything in order to establish his woke creds with the liberal left. But on cable news, on um, uh, online news sources, by the way, or organizations that purport to be news sources, journalistic uh, uh, companies, essentially casting real journalism to the wind uh, and just printing all of the news that they, well... They view. You've heard that that phrase before, right? All the news that's fit to print. Now it's just all the news that fits their views. That's what they're doing now. Cleveland.com, which is the online home of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, is among the most egregious um, offenders here. As I take a look at all of this different news uh, coverage of President Trump and everything that is done either by him or around him is attributed and blamed on him including the chance at the North Carolina rally last week, which continued to be a media sticking point. 
the chants that lasted for about 13 seconds of uh, some of President Trump's supporters chanting, send her back, send her back. Clearly, that is a racist statement. And clearly, Donald Trump, because he did not stop it immediately, he agreed with the racist statements, and thus, he is a racist. The race card, my friends, is being played, well, not just from the bottom of the deck, but it's being played from all parts of the deck anymore. It is just not enough to disagree with the president. He has to be a racist hate monger. It's not enough to disagree with his supporters. You have to make sure that everybody knows they, too, are racists. The deck is filled with race cards now. It's not a race card. It is a deck of race cards, and the left is playing it at every turn. From places like the AOC... Uh, Sharia Tlaib, um, who else? Uh, Jihad Omar and Ayanna Presley, squid members or squalid or whatever they are. The um, uh, four squad members and their battle with the president to a Georgia lawmaker. You saw this, right? You saw this Georgia state legislator just decided to go ahead and go full Jussie in order to provoke racial disharmony and more racist accusations against the president of the united states that's literally what happened she went full jussie you do i'm trusting you here to remember jussie the media wants to forget jussie the media which tried to advance jussie's hoax race story about the black gay empire actor being out going to subway at 2 30 in the morning in negative 30-degree temperatures in Chicago, uh, being accosted by two MAGA hat-wearing white men who put a noose around his neck, beat him up, poured bleach on him while telling him this is MAGA country. (laughs) You remember the story, right? I do. And I'm not going to let everybody forget it the way the mainstream media wants to forget that it ever happened, because they believed him wholly. Hook, line, and sinker they bought in, only to find out none of it was true. All staged, two Nigerian Empire set workers who knew Jussie Smollett uh, hired and paid 1500 bucks to fake assault him and fake hate crime him, all to demonize Trump and Trump supporters. Well, here we go again. A Georgia representative... State rep and minority leader named Erica Thomas, shouldn't need to be told this, but she's a Democrat, kind of figured that out, on Friday, went on Twitter, declared that a white man in a grocery store called her a lazy SOB and that she needed to go back where she came from. That's what she said. She tweeted on Friday, Today I was verbally assaulted in the grocery store by a white man who told me I was a lazy SOB and to go back to where I came from because I had too many items in the express lane. My husband wasn't there to defend me because he is on active duty serving the country I came from, the USA. Wow. So make sure that she knows that her husband's a service member because that's going to give her more cred, apparently. And um, she is a black woman. Of course, so that means that you know when somebody says go back to where you came from to a black person, that's clearly racist. Linking it to the chanting and the president and all of the controversy, this is what she did. She then took to Facebook Live and put out a video 
sec- doubling down on her claims on Twitter and also saying, quote, people are getting really out of control with this white privilege stuff. I'm at the grocery aisle and I'm in the 10 aisle, meaning 10 items or less. The items that say, or the aisle that says 10 items or less. Yes, I have 15 items, but I'm nine months pregnant and I can't stand up for long. This white man, she says on the video, comes up to me and says, you lazy son of a bee. You need to go back where you came from. And I said, sir, you don't even know me. I'm not lazy. I'm nine months pregnant. He says, you're ignorant. To make things even more interesting, then, the man that Erica Thomas accused of making these comments, whose name is Eric Sparks, showed up to her personally called press conference to challenge her story. In other words, he wasn't going to be lied about in such a way and and let her get away with this. So Eric Sparks shows up at the press conference, listens to her lie, and then starts talking to the press himself right there in front of her. And unfortunately for her, he was telling the truth. Eric Sparks replied, Quote, I walked into Publix. I bought my three items. There were three checkout lanes. One was express. The other two were empty. I kept my tongue shut. I wanted to pay for my items in one of the, one of the empty lanes. This lady, I noticed, had about 20 items on the conveyor. I walked up to the, other, to the two customer service associates from Publix and asked them what can be done in a nice manner. And they said corporate policy says we can't do anything, but you as a customer can say something. Sparks said he stepped outside the store, thought about what took place, and walked back in and confronted Thomas. I said, ma'am, not to be rude, my exact first words, pointed at the sign which shows it in the surveillance camera, which I've already pointed at the sign, ten items or less. She berates me after that. I don't remember exactly what she said, but on camera, she approached me, came toward me as I took a couple of steps back. I said, you're selfish. She mentioned she was nine months pregnant, and I told her it didn't matter in this case. It has no bearing on this case. There's two empty lines. You don't need to be in the express line. According to Eric Sparks, the two exchanged words, at which point he said, you're a selfish little bee. He said he made the comment after we walked out of the grocery store. Her words stating on Twitter and her Facebook video saying, I told her she needs to go back to where she came from, are untrue. Also, I'm Cuban. I am not white. And here's where things get even more interesting. The man, Eric Sparks, the Cuban-American, is a Democrat who hates Donald Trump. He went or he told the media the only reason Thomas was doing this is for political gain. Quote, this woman is playing the victim for political purposes because she's a state legislator. I'm a Democrat and will vote Democrat the rest of my life. So call me whatever you want to believe. For her purposes, though, make it black, white, brown, or whatever. It is so untrue. Recent Facebook posts from the man, by the way, show that he is indeed an anti-Trump Democrat. So let's bring this home. What's the moral of the story here? The moral of the story here is that liberal Democrats will continue to try to divide this country on racial lines at every opportunity that they can, and they must be called out for it. They absolutely must be called out and exposed 
for the race-baiting liars that they are. How many more examples do we need to see of liberal Democrat politicians staging hate crimes, hoax hate crimes, or not just liberal Democrat politicians, but liberal Democrats, and then liberal Democrat politicians all back them up, and the media backs them up. Do you know what trended for the entire weekend on Twitter? You know what trending phrase was there? I stand with Erica. I stand with Erica. Erica Thomas is the woman here who created this fake hate crime, blaming it on a white man and claiming that he used that Trump language of go back where you came from. He said no such thing. Challenged her, because there is surveillance cameras there, challenged her to prove any of her assertions. Eventually, she had to back off. And she finally did, admitting that, well, maybe he didn't say, let me see if I can find that exact quote for for, for a second. Uh, yeah, she said, well, hey, oh, I can do better than the quote. I think I actually have the audio. Here we go. Let's see if we can make this. He said, he said go back, you know, those types of words. I don't want to say, he, he said, go back to your country or go back to where you came from. But he was making those types of references is what I remember. That's called backtracking because she knows she got caught in a lie. If he said go anywhere, it's go to the other lane, the other uh, lane where it's not 10 items or less because you have 20 items and you're on the conveyor belt. She had to back off because this Cuban-American Democrat Trump hater wasn't going to allow her to race bait using him uh, as the bait. This man stood up for himself and stood up for the truth, and I have all kinds of respect for that. He can hate Trump all he wants. But he is at least helping to expose the truth that you cannot trust liberal Democrats ever. Let me say this loud enough that you can hear it in the cheap seats. Never trust a liberal Democrat. They will lie, cheat, and steal to demonize you and our president at every opportunity. Look what happened with the Covington kids. Do you remember that? Back at the March for Life in January or February, whatever it was. And those kids were waiting for their bus near the Lincoln Memorial, standing there minding their own business when they get attacked verbally by a bunch of uh, racist, what were they called, the black Jewish, uh, no, I can't remember exactly what they were called, uh, the organization. And then the Native American comes up pounding his drum in the one kid's face, and the kid just stands there looking at him, smiling. Not sure what he's doing. Is he supporting us, trying to drown out the noise from the black separatists or whatever they were called that were trying to intimidate them? And then immediately the media jumped on the white Covington punchable face, the racist MAGA hat wearing kid who tortured and tormented and tried to corner a Native American elder. Everything they can do to advance phony racism charges, to label the Republican Party the party of racism and the party of hate, they're going to do at every opportunity. Here I do have the audio from Eric Sparks telling his story, uh, literally five feet away from Erica Thomas telling her story of lies. Exactly what happened. Can you tell us on camera what happened? I walked into Publix, bought my three items, there were three checkout lanes, one was an express, the other two were empty. I kept my tongue shut, I walked and paid for my items in one of the empty lanes. This lady I noticed had about 20 items on her on the, on the conveyor, okay? 
In the video, by the way, that I'm playing the audio of, she is standing behind him five feet away with her hands on her hips, just kind of shifting back and forth and staring at him as he calls out her lies. Walked up to the two customer service associations from Publix, asked them what can be done in a nice manner. They said, corporate policy, we can't do anything, but you as a customer can say something. I, I took a step outside the store, thought about it, turned around, walked up to Miss Thomas, and said, ma'am, not to be rude, my exact first words, pointing at the sign, which shows it on the surveillance camera, which I've seen already, pointing at the sign, 10 items or less, she, she berates me after that. I don't remember exactly what she said, but on camera, she approached me, came toward... On camera, mind you. And that's why you haven't seen this, because if the camera showed anything different, she would make sure it's all over social media. Me, as I took a couple steps back, she said a few words. I do not recall exactly what those words were. I said, you're selfish. She did mention she's nine months pregnant. I said, it doesn't matter in this case. There's no point on this case. There's two empty lines. You don't need to be in the express lane. Then I stated, she said a few words. I stated, well, you're selfish little B-I-T-C-H. I did say that. That's all I said after that, and I walked out of public. Her words, stating on Twitter and her video, stating I told her she needs to go back where she came from, are untrue. I am Cuban. I am not white. So there he is, a Cuban-American calling out the latest hate hoax. And what I'm waiting for still is for one Democrat let alone all of the Democrats who tweeted in support of, quote, I stand with Erica to offer an apology. I have a feeling I'll be waiting a very long time. Being a Democrat means never having to say you're sorry. It's 923. We'll be right back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 928, the Bob France Authority continues. AM 1420, the answer. Congressman Jim Jordan will be by at 948 or so. Looking forward to talking to him about the Mueller testimony, which is scheduled for Wednesday before a House committee. And Congressman Jordan will be a part of that, so that conversation is still to come. I open up the phone lines to you now at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Mark is out in Fairview Park, wants to get on early, and that's okay. We'll get you before the bottom of the hour news. Go ahead, Mark. Okay, Bob, I'm going to move fast on this because the news is coming up. I just just wanted to point out that for the uh, everybody who's panicking about the weather, you know, I keep my nose to the grindstone on this. In the 19, Saturday, 1930, it was 98 degrees. So they set a record back in 1930. Anyhow, I want to comment on Omar's comments, you know, lecturing us on that this, how dissent is patriotic, you know. First of all, mm-hmm. Pelosi should be doing something about this situation, but the Democrats are all quiet. Well, she Watching can't, because news. as soon as she criticizes them, they call her a racist. That's their. Yeah. That's the whole point of my story today and my monologue. Race, 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 race. It is the ultimate weapon, and the Democrats are playing it literally every single hand that they deal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, watching the news, the emphasis is on Trump, but it was the crowd that started the chant, and I think their dissent uh, is also, uh, you know, patriotic also. 
and uh, the uh, what should I say? But I don't think the you know the press from what you see on the TV they don't they don't understand this you know their dissent and their patriotism by their chant you know that that's free speech also but also two other things one concerns us John Stewart you know Rand Paul really tore into the guy and it wasn't about not funding the responders but uh, just not cutting these blank blank checks you know uh, Ron Paul being a physical fiscal conservative but uh, you know John Stewart. Uh, I, I look at him like all these other actors. He's attempting to stay in the limelight and get notoriety, especially if the market for diaper commercials is thin. And finally, Cummings from Maryland. The way this guy spoke to the Homeland Security Director there, I believe it was Homeland Security Director, speaking for myself, with the heat and some of the aggravations over the weekend, plus having stitches put in my mouth, if someone spoke to me like that, I tell you, I'd have to slap him and face the consequences. I apologize if my violence offended anyone in your audience, Bob, but uh, <laughs> most of your audience, they're not snowflakes. Thanks, Bob, for your time. Mark, I appreciate it. Thank you for the phone call. It's 930. Let's get news. More calls coming right up after this on AM 1420, The Answer. So you heard in the newscast there at the bottom of the hour, at least I hope you did, I need you to pay attention, uh, a clip of uh, Stephen Miller, um, President's advisor, who uh, was uh, on the hot seat yesterday on Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace. I wanted to reach through my television and choke Chris Wallace. I did. Fortunately, that's not possible, because I would be in trouble. If I had been in the studio with him, I probably wouldn't have done it either because I don't like to be in trouble. But my, oh, my, um, the depths to which Fox News has sunk. They hired Donna Brazil. They continue to employ uh, um, Shepard Smith and Chris Wallace, who has embarrassed journalism. I mean, his father, I would imagine, would be just completely devastated to see what his son has become. Chris Wallace spent the entire interview with Stephen Miller attacking Donald Trump as a racist. Essentially, demanding that Stephen Miller admit he's a racist or tell us how he isn't. In other words, I'm convicting him, as Chris Wallace saying, I'm convicting him of racism for all of these reasons. It's your job to acquit him. He's guilty in my eyes and in the eyes of the mainstream press and in the Democrats, he's guilty of being a racist. From the jump, it's your job to prove that he's not. Stephen Miller did his level best to keep his cool, and I thought he actually did a far better job than I would have done in such a circumstance. Because, uh, And I've been on a few of these shows. I have not been on with Chris Wallace. I've been on with Brett Baer. I've been on with uh, 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 MSNBC, believe it or not. I've been on uh, a few different Fox programs. I've never been on with Chris, and it's a good thing, like I said, because what he did in trying to attribute what happened at the uh, North Carolina uh, Trump campaign rally uh, to Trump blaming him, it, it, it was just unconscionable. I want to play for you a little bit more, not much, it's about a minute, of Stephen Miller defending um, Donald Trump in his dispute with the four squid members um, uh, uh, Damasio, Cortez, Sharia, Jihad, and uh, and Ayana, the battle that he has had with them over their policies, over their anti-Americanism, over their anti-Semitism, their anti-Israel sentiments, all of the above, 
never once being about their race. Here's Stephen Miller. Let me just cut to the heart of the issue. These four congresswomen detest America as it exists, as it is currently constructed. They want to tear down the structure of our country. They want it to be a socialist open borders country. If you, as Donald Trump says, want to destroy America with open borders, you cannot say you love your country. Country. If you attack border agents the way that Ocasio-Cortez has, it means you have a deep-seated hatred of the nation as it exists. That's why you want to erase its borders, fundamentally transform the country, and in the process, it doesn't matter if American citizens lose their jobs, lose their homes, lose their livelihoods, lose their health coverage, and lose their very lives. There's a gigantic, enormous distinction between Donald Trump saying, I'm going to get on the world stage and put America first in every single thing we do, versus the view that says America should never come first and American citizens should never come first, which is their view, and that's what we're going to take to the ballot box. Let me just cut to the heart of the issue. These four congressmen detest America. I, um, I, 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 I fail to see how anyone can argue any one of those points. They literally detest America as it's currently constructed. The capitalist model of our economy, they want to change. The sovereign borders that we have established, they want to erase. The industry and the energy that we use in this country, they want to eliminate. The liberty and freedom to own weapons of your choice for self-defense, they want to take away. Quite literally, the, the speech, the freedom of speech, the First Amendment that we have, religious liberty that we have, they want to take away. Quite literally. I mean, literally, one of them last week, one Democratic legislator, screamed into a microphone, we are going to, or we want to and need to prosecute people who criticize members of Congress online. Prosecute them for criticizing us. That's what happens in totalitarian states. That's what used to happen in, you know, uh, in, 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 uh, in England. It's one of the reasons why we exist. You weren't allowed to insult the king. You weren't allowed to insult the, the, uh, the, the family. Free speech didn't exist in Old England, which is why we cast off the crown. One of the many reasons and established the Bill of Rights in the Constitution that we have. They want to erase all of that. How can they then claim to, we love our, this country just as much as you do? No, you don't. You want to destroy it and rebuild it in the model of something else. You want to rebuild it as a socialist model. You want to rebuild it as a government controls your thoughts, your speech, your actions, your religion model. Quite literally, they are trying to destroy religious liberty. Every time one of these far-left lunatics sues a Christian employer or Christian company for not participating in a gender transition ceremony or a, uh, a same-sex wedding or anything else, the heck with your quaint little religious traditions too bad you must bow to the altar of political correctness and help celebrate the union between this man and that man and that woman over there and this man over there and that man and that dog and uh, any other combination that they see fit two men two women three of one two of one and one of the other 
quite literally, you will do what the the community says, or you will be ostracized. You will be put out of business. You will be potentially put in jail. Don't tell us you love the country. What Stephen Miller said about the squid members or squad members, sorry, what he said about them cannot be disputed. And I'm still waiting for you know what? The, see, here's the thing. I watched that in its entirety yesterday morning. And then I went online later in the day to see what was being, being said. Naturally, Stephen Miller was trending. <clears throat> excuse me, not one, excuse me again, not one liberal Democrat who criticized him was able to dispute a single one of the points he made in that, the commentary I just played. Not one. What they did say again and again was, Stephen Miller, white nationalist. Stephen Miller, white supremacist. Stephen Miller, racist. Stephen Miller, Trump lapdog racist. All of it was the same thing. It's the only defense they have when they cannot run on the defense of their own ideas. They cannot argue and debate on ideas, on history, on facts. They debate on emotion and they debate on the race card. Stephen Miller can't be disputed with facts. It is simply because he is a racist. So this is, um, this is a staggering thing to see. I mean, the way this race card is being played, and I'm going to share with you next hour. You're going to want to be here seriously at the top of the hour because I'm going to share with you an article from the Wall Street Journal today essentially declaring what we know to be true. But it's really important to see it in print. It's really important to, to hear it articulated as well as it is. The Wall Street Journal has declared that the race card is now busted. It is now busted. It is now pointless. It's useless. It has been stripped of its power because of overuse by the likes of the squids, uh, squad. So we'll talk about that at about 10:10, uh, right after the top of the hour news. Coming up next, after this short timeout, Congressman Jim Jordan will be joining us. Bob Mueller is going to be testifying before a House committee on Wednesday. Jim Jordan will be there. We're looking forward to talking about that, as well as the situation at the border. And yes, the race card that continues to be the Democrats' only political tool, literally the only political tool. Congressman Jordan weighs in on that next, right here on AM 1420 The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. All right, 949 now. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks again. Or thanks now, I should say, as we bring him on, Congressman Jim Jordan, back for his regular Monday visit. Congressman, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Bob. You doing all right? Uh, yeah, very well. Thanks so much. How'd you, how'd you manage to keep cool? Uh, this, were you in, in district or were you in D.C. this weekend? <laughs> yeah, we're in Ohio. We're in Ohio. Head back, uh, head back to D.C. here. Bright and early tomorrow morning. So yeah, Get a little pool Ohio. time in or, uh, or did you just stick and stay in the A.C.? We actually... I got to say, we had some. We had our two of our grandkids here today, so uh, we nice. are, are over the weekend, I should say. So we got to spend some time with them outside. It was good. Very nice. Uh, I'm glad you got a chance to relax because it's about to get very, very busy on Capitol Hill. Bob Mueller is mm-hmm. coming to town. 
Bob Mueller's yep. coming to town, Congressman. He's going to testify before your committee, and he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be there. I asked you last week if you felt like he was more afraid of talking to the Democrats and saying, uh, you know, try, uh, being forced into saying things he does not want to say that his report didn't say, or if he's more concerned about answering your questions uh, about, you know, what he knew and how early into the investigative process uh, he knew mm-hmm. it, that there was no collusion, and yeah. yet he kept this thing running for two-plus years anyway. Yeah, and, and, and the short answer is, uh, you know, who knows? Um, what we do know is what you said. He indicated at the, uh, that he doesn't want to testify. I did think it was interesting, though, and uh, we've talked about this before. If you don't want to testify and the document speaks for itself, uh, why would you need to do a nine-and-a-half-minute press conference to tell us that? Uh, why not just let the document speak for itself and put out a statement saying, I don't think I need to testify? So he went to that press conference. He said a few things that I think the Democrats at least took uh, to uh, to help their their uh, their false narrative, which is one that you know they want to impeach uh, they want to impeach the president. So I think that's what they're looking for. In fact, Nadler, Nadler's in the paper today saying that uh, he thinks Bob Mueller's going to uh, talk about some things, read some things from the report that will help move the, the Democrats closer to impeachment. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens Wednesday. Yeah, I heard that. What does he mean by recent things in the report? Because he he, he didn't add or amend the report, right? That was, that was submitted no, to no, Congress no. or submitted to the yeah, uh, he, to the DOJ. No, 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 not recent. I think he went, he, he said he wants Mueller to even read things in the report, so read oh, some of oh, the section, okay. you know, where, where he... Because remember what Mueller did in the report, particularly in the obstruction section, he said, you know, here are, the, here are the elements of the crime of obstruction, and, you know, he didn't do this, there was no real nexus to the crime, there was no underlying crime, da-da-da-da-da, but he did this and this and this and this, and these are all... So he, he gave sort of a both sides of the deal, which is kind of unusual, Um that's what I think Nadler and the Democrats are obviously going to try to focus on, particularly some of those sections. Mm-hmm. You know, there were 10, 10 areas that, that Mueller talked about in the obstruction section about uh, the president. I think they're going to focus on maybe the Comey firing, maybe the, the conversations and instructions to Don McGahn, the White House counsel. I think they're going to focus on some of those things. Congressman, I don't want to diminish your work or the work of the committee, but um, it, it, would I be out of line in suggesting that this entire thing is going to be a waste of time? It's going to get a lot of tempers raised, but it's going to be a waste of time because the Democrats are going to ask him questions and listen to answers. You guys are going to ask him questions, listen to answers, and then go to the media, both of you, with your spin on what you think happened and what your spin on how yeah. he did and what he said. And at the end of the day, it, it will lead nowhere, right? I mean, it, it, it's just going to be spinning our tires in the mud. It's, everybody's going to get dirty, but we're not going to advance anywhere, is, is my belief. Yeah, and this is actually where where uh, where something Director Mueller said makes some sense when he said, if you really meant let the report speak for itself, well, remember this: nineteen lawyers, forty agents, five hundred witnesses, twenty or five hundred subpoenas, twenty eight hundred uh, uh, five hundred witnesses, twenty eight hundred subpoenas. That the 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 for records and documents and all. That he did his report. He spent twenty two months on it, and they found no collusion, no obstruction. So, in some ways, you're exactly right. The report is the definitive answer and that's what they found but the democrats cannot let this go they they're bound and determined to impeach this president in spite of the fact that there's nothing there in spite of the fact that this president has had an amazing two and a half years um they're determined to go there and i would argue they're Did, didn't last week's vote say anything to them didn't, didn't last week's impeachment vote say anything to them 
They only had 95. They only had 95 of them voted uh, uh, to advance impeachment uh, and and, and 350 or whatever it was uh, to table it. I mean, I don't understand. I really don't understand what they are going to accomplish here with this hearing. They're all going to come out and what do they think they're going to get, you know, 20 or 30 more of them going to vote for impeachment this time? Still not going to be anywhere near enough to have a majority in order to make that happen and send it to the Senate where it would die anyway. Yep. No, you're you're exactly right. Uh, But they can't help themselves. I mean, you've never seen anything like this where a where a president has this barrage coming at him from the left, from the mainstream press, and mm-hmm. frankly, from even some establishment Republicans. Uh, and yet, in spite of all that, like, like we said, it's been an amazing two and a half years of accomplishments under, under President Trump. Yeah, it, it, you're right. And and let's talk about some of the other things that are coming at him from all of these angles. Let's talk about the continuing fight with the quote-unquote squad. Um, it, it is staggering to me how they can continue. Okay. They and, and it's it's weird when you said Democrats and the mainstream media, you could have just, you know, just said them together because they, they literally, I mean, really, you're repeating yourself. That's redundant, they, huh? It is. It really is. They have determined that send her back, send her back from a bunch of people at his rally uh, means it came from the president. And they have also determined that it means racism, not send back a, a freshman member of Congress who has just continually demeaned and insulted the United States of America, its military, its government, uh, and uh, and its allies, including Israel, time yeah, and time again, expressing yeah. no support whatsoever for this country. Uh, you know, it, it, how is that about race? It is about ideology. It is about patriotism. And it's also not what the president said. It's what the people said. Yeah, exactly. And the president was uh, the very next day uh, said he didn't uh, appreciate uh, that that kind of chant. He was clear about that. Um, and, and the president, I think, has also been very clear. He, he's he's taking issue with the policy positions and the extreme positions, and I would argue dangerous positions that the left has taken. If you take the dangerous things that the left is saying, and then look at this immigration debate. The guy who tried to firebomb the the facility, the ICE uh, detention facility in in Tacoma, Washington. The guy in Colorado who, who, who took down the American flag at an ICE uh, a facility in, in Colorado uh, put up the Mexican. I mean, this is, this is the kind of when, when the, the crazy things the left says, like uh, the, that these places, detention facilities are concentration camps, like walls are immoral. Uh, we should abolish the entire Department of Homeland Security, some of them said. So when yeah. you start saying things like that, that's the thing that the president takes issue with, and I think that's frankly what we have to be careful. Some of the things that the left has said, because it, like I said, what happened out there in Washington? This guy was, you know, self-proclaimed Antifa trying to blow up a facility yeah. because he he equated it to a quote concentration camp based on some of the things you've heard from the left. Yeah, that that is a hundred percent correct, and and you know, it, it's just no matter who criticizes one of them, their automatic default defense is going to be racism. You can't say that to me. Yeah. I'm a person of color. I'm a woman of color. They yeah. did that to Nancy Pelosi. And Congressman, this is where I, I get frustrated because President Trump has to fire back at them. He has to push back at them because they have become the face of the Democrat Party that is trying mm-hmm. to remove him from office or at the very least trying to defeat him in 2020. He deserves to be able to fire back at their explosive incendiary rhetoric. And what we found out late last week, I don't know if you saw this survey, but a Rasmussen survey showed that one in three Democrats believe uh, politicians of color are immune from criticism. Literally, yeah. any white politician that criticizes a politician of color, whether that be uh, you know uh, Latino or Latina or black or, or, or anything else, 
if they are a person of color and you criticize them on their policies even, you're a racist. You just don't like them for yeah. their skin color. If one out of three Democrats believe that, then Republicans are never going to win this battle trying to prove that they're not racists. And so, therefore, maybe no, it's we- time to stop fighting it. Let's just, let's just, you know what, it's game on. Well, it has to be because this is the First Amendment. In essence, what the left is saying is, the first, uh, the First Amendment rights apply to us, but they don't fully apply to you. You don't, you don't get the full benefit of the liberty that everyone. Th- that is scary stuff when you start talking that way, because you cannot have a healthy debate in your culture if the, if the First Amendment is not the First Amendment. So that that scares me to death. It's one of the yeah. I've been speaking a lot about the First Amendment. What, whether it's big tech, big government, big universities, or the big media, are now just the left itself trying to to stop your ability to speak in a political nature in a political fashion and not be harassed or called a racist for doing so. That is ridiculous. And, that, yeah, that is the, and this isn't a fringe. This, this isn't a fringe thing where three percent of Democrats said that. Thirty-three percent of Democrats, one in three, said that you cannot criticize AOC or any other uh, uh, politician politician of color without being racist. And let me ask you one more thing about yeah. that, Congressman. Before you go, she had a town hall over the weekend, did uh, uh, Cortez, and she declared. I, I cannot believe I'm saying this. She found a way to equate the conditions at the border, which, of course, are, are, are tough because uh, they have hundreds of thousands of people being jammed into a space for, for a very few thousands of people. It's very difficult. But she actually equated uh-huh. that to 9-11, saying that we need a 9-11-style inquiry into the conditions at the border. Uh, I, I mean, I, there, is, there is no depth to which I believe they will not see. No, that's great. Well, I mean... There's a crisis at the border. The president asked for some first to change the law so we can stop the incentive that's bringing people there, and also for some some money to actually deal with the actual crisis. The Democrats says it's manufactured, it's contrived, it's fake, it's not real, and then the crisis, the real crisis, gets worse. And then they say, "Oh, it's the president's fault." Now we need a 9/11 style inquiry to a crisis that they created because they wouldn't change the law and they wouldn't give the humanitarian aid in a timely fashion when the president asked for it almost three months ago. So that that's. This is so frustrating. But back to this First Amendment thing. This this First Amendment issue, Bob, is a manifestation of the crazy stuff going on in college campuses, the safe space, the free speech zones, and all this baloney where you can't say certain things because it might offend somebody. When you get to that point, it is dangerous for your country. And this is this is something I'm so glad you speak out about it uh, and, and, and talk about what needs to happen. We cannot allow this. This frightens me when when people start saying that you can't say certain things, you can't have a real debate, um, you got to silence. If you're conservative, you have to be silenced. It's scary stuff. Yeah, it really is, Congressman. Uh, I know you got a lot of work to do on the Hill. I'll let you go now. Uh, good luck on Wednesday. Do you know what your first question is going to be? Can you give us a sneak preview? I can't, but uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I had to I, ask. I think I know. I'm sure you I do. I I'm sure you do. I'm, I know you have been preparing for this for a very long time, uh, and I know you and the rest of your colleagues are going to be ready there. I really wish you all the very best, sir, and uh, we'll look forward to Thanks, catching Bob. up with you next week. Thank you, Congressman. Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer, it's 10 o'clock. That means news. That means now, right here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.